my name is Zach Como, and you're listening to the My Tech Decisions Podcast. Thanks for coming back to the Mad Tech Decisions Podcast. Like I said, my name is Zach and I'm your host. As we know by now, the COVID-19 pandemic has transformed the way we work and has accelerated the digital transformation for countless businesses and organizations. But it's not just the office where we're seeing these transformational changes. Uh, educators also had to adopt new technologies on the fly. And with, with distance learning now in full swing, Tech like video conferencing, unified communications, and collaboration are really permeating the education sector like never before. And now these technologies are poised to shape the future of the modern classroom. To talk about this is Doug Smith, the Director of Learning Spaces and Audiovisual Technologies at Illinois State University. Doug and I talk about what the university did to accommodate students in the early days of COVID and how the school plans to make use of the, of the new technology going forward. Before we get to that interview, here's a quick reminder that the My Tech Decisions podcast is available on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Download and subscribe to hear weekly interviews with experts in IT, cybersecurity, cloud computing, unified communications, audiovisual technologies, and more. And now here's Doug Smith. Right, yeah, so I wanted to look at um, you know what you know we're doing in education to support um distance learning and you know what we're looking at you know going forward um you know, what were some challenges that that you know you and your department faced uh, you know during the during the uh pandemic and you know how did you address those challenges well the the initial challenge was how quickly this came on uh and and how many rooms and how much equipment uh had to be acquired and installed and training provided uh, to get faculty up and running. I mean, we, we're talking uh, days uh, in, in, in the amount of time and warning that we had in terms of how quickly we switched uh, modalities. So, um, you know, trying to trying to scramble and acquire that much gear and install it and help faculty learn how to use it, uh, that was the biggest challenge. So how did you, you know, how did you meet those those challenges? You know, you know what exactly, uh, you know, did you guys um, you know, uh, bring on you know, to the university to meet those challenges? Well, uh, you know, like every other person in, in, uh, in my, my position across the country, we all scrambled out to every vendor, every manufacturer who had any kind of supply of equipment and, uh, you know, literally bought uh, as, as much as we could get our hands on. Uh, and and uh, I know in our case, I know in lots of other cases that uh, we weren't able to get either the type or the brand or the quantities that we uh, ideally wanted to get. But, you know, every university was in exactly the same boat. Right. Um, so, you know, what do you guys rely on? on uh, most? Well, I guess what kind of devices, um, you know, are, are common at the university? So as a result of this COVID uh, crisis, uh, we now have 
as a minimum a, a webcam installed on every uh, instructor station. Um, but we also went farther. We went uh, and installed uh, almost 50 um, tracking cameras in large classrooms around the campus. Uh, we significantly upgraded our wireless mic fleet um, and, and bought a number of uh, USB enabled microphones that could be placed in all kinds of locations. Uh, uh, that was that was. From a technical standpoint, uh, AV standpoint, that was the biggest investment. Mm. And so what you know, did these technologies allow um, teachers and students to do? I, you know, is it um, are you got, is the university just remote or is there, there hybrid uh, learning, a mix of remote and in person or you know, what is there? Uh, this semester we are a mix. We've got uh, I think there's about 50 courses that are taught uh, with some number of students in class and online. Uh, the rest are fully online uh, synchronous or asynchronous. Mm. Um, and and um, that that you know a great shout out to every faculty member around the entire country. Uh, who never dreamed that they'd be teaching their classes in front of a computer screen. Right. You know, so many of them really, really rose to the challenge and you know, with the help of great tech support, uh, we're still able to, I think, deliver great educational content to our students. Mm. Uh, so does this allow um, you know, professors to, to teach you know, both in person and you know, to, to a remote audience simultaneously? Yes, uh, yeah, we've got, as I mentioned, I think there's 45 or 50 classes being taught in a hybrid mode or with uh, some people call a high flex mode uh, with some students physically in, in the room and, and the rest uh, uh, online. Um, uh, and then, of course, uh, we, our campus, uh, like many, adopted Zoom as the platform for um, uh, doing the, the distance ed or remote learning. Uh, the recording features, uh, you know, they, that gave us all kinds of opportunities for faculty to explore what distance education would be, could be, uh, should be, I suppose. Um, and, and for students also to evaluate whether or not uh, long term that's a style, a modality of, of instruction that they also want to participate in. Mm. Um, how has your strategy changed over the last uh, few months as you know, we kind of look towards a post-COVID world and with the vaccine rolling out and whatnot? Um, you know, have, you, have you had to change your strategy at all or is it you're just kind of doubling down on, on that distance learning tech? Uh, depends on what you mean. Uh, you know, currently we're, we're in um, um, you know, maintenance mode. We're, we're trying to get through this as the vaccinations working our way out. Everybody, of course, is hopeful that by this time, by summer, or uh, you know, certainly by the fall, we can go back to something approaching normalcy. Mm. Uh, but the one thing that I'm excited about, and I know a number of colleagues around the country are excited about, is that uh, for our institution, this really kick-started uh, the idea that um, distance learning, opportunities for remote learning are real and far more attainable than a lot of folks thought it would be uh, and the fact that we could switch so quickly and and continue to be successful uh, just gives us a lot of hope that uh, as a lot of institutions are that this will be an opportunity now to expand the university's footprint 
uh, provide educational opportunities for a lot more students. So in our case, uh, you know, our designs, our standards now have changed. So, uh, we don't believe this is the last time we're going to see something of this magnitude. Uh, you know, this clearly the news is filled with uh, information that suggests that uh, this thing isn't over. It's going to go down with a fight. Uh, so our standard build now for classrooms is going to include the ability to uh, do simultaneously remote and uh, in-person instruction or fully online. So uh, okay. yeah, it has dramatically changed what we plan to do. Right. Um, yeah, that goes into my next question perfectly. You know, what amount of distance learning, you know, will remain, you know, uh, after, you know, COVID's long gone? Um, and how do you plan on addressing that it's yeah, just well, too much sorry go ahead that that's a that's a decision of course that's above my pay grade uh you know I, my job will be to facilitate uh, whatever the administration decides uh they want to go forward but uh, clearly the 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 word on the street is that uh this was not nearly as painful as uh as some administration thought it would be uh and that uh the tools have are robust enough and usable enough for faculty uh, that this is clearly a direction that the university can and needs to pursue. Right, right. Um, for other, um, you know, uh, schools that are, you know, con considering, uh, you know, investing in this kind of tech, you know, what do they absolutely need to make distance learning, um, you know, uh, work effortlessly as it is um, at your university? Uh, starting at the top, you have to have an administration that is fully behind and uh, supportive of of, uh, of a distance education uh, strategy. Uh, that includes uh, solid planning uh, and a clear mission statement. And who is the instruction geared for? Uh, why are we doing this? Um, with that, then the uh, the technology is easy to fit uh, into most any space. Uh, um, but the strategy dictates whether it's synchronous or asynchronous. Do we need, uh, you know, how much recording, uh, how, how many uh, auxiliary services related to recordings and archiving and metadata and those kind of things? That's all driven by the mission and vision of the distance education. Right, right. Uh, what about in the way of, you know, uh, cameras and, and uh, microphones, which I think is really, um, you know, the key technologies that you need for this. Oh, no question. Uh, this, of course, can't happen without sound. Uh, and uh, it can, but isn't uh, well received without video. So clearly, uh, you know, the need to put more cameras, better cameras, uh, and good audio, uh, this, this really causes those of us in the AV side of the world to really step up our game or perhaps that's poorly worded. You know, I like to think that all of us as AV professionals already bring the A game. I think the, this has been an eye opener to the administration that, um, you know, what we bring to the table isn't just the, the frosting on the cake. Right. We're the first course. And, and yeah. if we can't deliver the, the audio on the video, then you don't have a distance education. Right, right. Um, yeah, so my my wife is a is a public school teacher, um, and as such, um, you know, in public schools there wasn't a huge budget to support you know uh, distance learning. 
Um, they did give you know everyone a laptop with a webcam, but that that was um, literally it. And inside the classroom, um, you know, they have projectors that they they you know had for a while, but uh, nothing else. Um, so they were stuck really using the built-ins on their on their uh, laptops. Um, you know, what's the what's the, the I guess danger of this doing taking that approach and not really um, you know seeing the benefit that AV can provide? You know, not just now, but also you know in the future. Oh, interesting question. Um, there, there have been clear examples of um, faculty at all levels, and I work with our local public schools here too, um, who have done an amazing job with, as you described accurately, uh, you know, minimal um, technology, uh, minimal skills, uh, certainly minimal training uh, to do this. Um, you know, the, the, it, we don't. None of us have to look very far to find heroes who have stepped into that role and still managed to salvage education for for our students. Uh, and those folks are to be applauded at, at the highest levels. You know, we we just can't say enough for those people who go the distance and figure out a way to make it happen. Um, but yeah, it, it is a danger. You know, clearly. Our uh, university student population uh, as a whole do not care for this style of learning. Uh, those students who wanted an online experience found that at some other institution. Um, that's the nature of higher ed. You know, the 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 personal on-premise experience cannot be duplicated uh, with a bunch of faces on a screen. It's ju it's just not the same. I get that. I understand that. So I think if there's any danger, it's it's losing that whole tradition, that aspect of uh, and for a lot of students college age, you know, it's part of the rite of passage of becoming an adult of getting away from home, being responsible, being part of this new community. I think that's the danger that if too many institutions go this this route of all online instruction, that's a part of our history tradition that goes away. I don't personally think that's going to happen. Okay. So what does um, you know AV provide you know to you know a university? You know how does it you know aside from COVID, what benefits does it provide? You know, to a university that's looking to, you know, um, maybe, you know, diversify its, its student population, um, you know, reach more of a, a global uh, space of students. Can you speak to that? But, well, sure. And we've already alluded to this, you know, the quality of the installation. How well can I hear my instructor? How well can my instructors hear students? How clear is the image how readable is the content uh, and um, to the extent that how uh, seamless and how um, realistic uh, we can make the experience so that if i as a student learner decide that an online approach is for me um, you know the the decision of synchronous and asynchronous comes into play but all of that back to your question of the the AV, the quality of the AV, the quality of the tools themselves and the installation, as well as the quality of the training of the users who will be using it and supporting it. 
are all critical factors to making any of that successful. Mm. Okay. Um, I think we need to talk a little bit more about that, the training. Um, you know, how, how do you roll out, you know, uh, you know, a training like that in the short amount of time that, that you had, but now I guess that there's probably a little bit more focus on it since we you know these, uh, these technologies will probably be sticking around and helping us in the, in the, you know, well into, uh, the 2021. Uh, you, you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, we literally had a week, uh, where we closed the university and said the next time we see our students they will be online um, there were uh, you know on our institution we've got almost a thousand faculty uh, around the country i'm sure the percentage of those faculty who were in an absolute panic mode uh, was significant um, our office doesn't handle training directly but we were involved with that as an expansion of our training unit to try to get as many uh, staff uh, in uh, working with faculty as possible. Um, but going forward, that is going to be key, right? Um, you know, it's it's always been the case that, you know, those of us in technology, especially those of us with white hair who have been at it for a while, uh, you know, we joke that if you, if you want to learn something, you find a kid because uh, they're going to know how to do it better, faster, you know, uh, than us older folks. And in some respects, uh, you know, we've kind of relied on that as AV tech managers that, you know, uh, as each batch of faculty retire out and the new ones come in, you know, they're going to bring a new level of technology savvy uh, that helps with all of this. But the reality is we saw it across all levels. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm making a, a judgment here. I don't think your wife is nearly as old as I am. So, you know, so she would fall into that category of a younger faculty. And, you know, she ran into struggles. She's not alone. Uh, I would say across the board, everybody ran into something that threw them for a loop. So I, I just can't say enough that, that, that training, consistent, clear, concise training is going to be uh, the, the really the, fun, the foundation on which any distance education uh, is going to be successful. Right. Great. Um, Doug, I think that answers the questions I had. Unless there's anything else you want to hit on, any any trends you see going forward, um, you know, maybe, you know, post-COVID, you know, changes to, you know, uh, classroom AV that you see, you know, coming down yeah. the line? Well, as I already alluded to, we, we are going to change our standard classroom design to now include the tools to make it possible to do a hybrid class or at least lecture capture uh, mm. in any classroom wherever we're at. So we're really going to be increasing the number of cameras, the number of microphones, the quality of both in all of our institutions as a standard install. And I know we're not alone in that. Um, something like this be it a, you know, a, a flu, uh, who knows what, you know, uh, I hate to be a, an alarmist, but I don't think this is the last time we're going to see something of this magnitude. Well, you know, even something more practical of, of an enormous ice storm that knocks the university right. off its feet for 10 days. Um, having the tools and resources available to be able to support the continuation of education is going to be critical. Right, right. And I think this would, yeah, to your point, you know, I I commuted uh, to school my first couple of years. Um, yeah, and there were times where I just, 
you know, A, didn't want to go or B, yeah, there was a, a snowstorm or I, I was sick or something. Um, so, yeah, I think this uh, can solve a lot of problems, not just, you know, uh, uh, global pandemics. Correct. Yeah, right. Great. And, and um, there are students in the world who like this remote. Most of them, the data that I've seen, most students who prefer the remote learning prefer it as an asynchronous as opposed to a synchronous so that they can do it on their time. That makes total mm -hmm. sense to me. Uh, right. The world is much different than when I was a 20-something going through college uh, and the demands on a 20-something's time today uh, doesn't look anything like it was in my day. Um, so I, I get that. Um, so these tools are going to be necessary if, if the institution is going to continue being the place that people come to to look for educational opportunities. Great. Um, is there any, um, you know, hesitancy, you know, among, um, you know, people that make the decisions that, you know, you're doubling down or investing too heavily in this in this kind of technology? And do you think, you know, I think a lot of people are under the assumption that things will just go back to the way they were in, you know, uh, 2019, um, whenever, by the summer or, or, you know, the fall? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think, um, if anything, the benefit to me and guys like me, gals like me, is that um, those those people in administration who thought that, oh, this distance set thing was a fad or it, or it shouldn't be as expensive as it really is to pull off, right? finally got a chance to see that, yeah, you know, to do it right, it costs money, it takes resources. Uh, and so that's going to be a huge help in moving this forward, I think, across all institutions, uh, mm -hmm. K, K on up. Uh, they understand that in order to be able to do this, it's going to take some resources. Yeah. Uh, and that's good, because that's that's a big shift uh, from, from a lot of administrators. And also, I think, shift in them understanding the, the value of being able to make a shift like this in the case of a major storm or a, you know an outage of some kind to be able to con have continuity is is you know uh, is a fantastic step forward so i, I think there have been a lot of positives that came out of this uh all the way across the board for those of us in the trenches on up to the administration mm -hmm. all right hey uh, doug thanks very much i appreciate your time all right good talking to you you know as well. Bye. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of the My Tech Decisions podcast, where it's our mission to help you make technology decisions for your company. If you would like to learn more, head to mytechdecisions.com or follow us on Twitter at mytechdecisions. You can also follow me on Twitter at ZWComo. Until next time.